Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to talk about what I am terming sexual codependence, which, unlike other forms of codependence, which I'll explain, is good and, in fact, I believe is the ideal within an intimate relationship as an adult. Uh, monogamous intimate relationship. So uh, before I do that, I must, of course, always tell you that I'd love you to subscribe. Then you get access to all my other episodes um, that I just come up with on the fly and some of my old episodes too. So boundaries, oral sex on women, um, geez, like so much, Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife, stuff about kids, parenting, living the life that you want to live, all of these. If you go back to the beginning, um, there's like a whole bunch of them that were free for a while, but then were not. So if you joined me after, you know, I don't know, February or March, then you're not seeing like a whole bunch. So anyway, do that. And also separately, there's my Facebook group, which is a great group of people uh, that talk about a lot of issues related to relationships. A lot of people happen to be in second marriages or getting there just because that's who I am. So that's who I attract. So if that's your situation, you'd probably like to be in my uh, group or if you're just working on marital issues of any sort. Very few single people, but usually it's single post-divorce if there are. And those are everybody's welcome. Of course, no, uh, I like everybody. <laughs> um, so anyhow, uh, so getting to today's topic, what do, what do I mean by sexual codependence? So what, first of all, what's codependence? Codependence is when people don't have boundaries. And so like they can't barely go to the bathroom without telling the partner, you know, and they're like too enmeshed and they don't have their own individual lives. Now, this is not good. Why? Because if you're trying to get all of your emotional needs met from one person, that's probably not going to work out very well. And there's going to be a lot of resentment and a lot of frustration and anxiety because people cannot be all things to their partner. So, um, for example, there are many people that tell me that their parents were so codependent that they didn't give attention to the kids. So they were either acted like they were in love or genuinely were in love. I say acted like, cause with, some of these couples there's also intense fighting and just a lot of drama and the kids were like on the outside so the parents uh, enmeshment with one another precluded a healthy emotional involvement with their own children we never want to get to that you know like where you are uh, deep conversations with your partner are leaving your kid out in the cold most people err on the other side that I see now in our child-centered culture. So they are talking only to the kids and the partner is perceived as the um, annoyance or irritant that is disrupting their deep conversations with their children. Uh, Obviously, that's not good either. But then I do sometimes see people And people also tell me that they experienced this when they were young, when it was a less child-centered culture, where the parents' involvement with one another uh, was the limiting factor there, and the kids felt on the outside. And a quote that I read um, is, the children of lovers are orphans. And that... um, 
that that is kind of misleading because of course you can feel like lovers and also have a happy family where you engage with your children but i guess what that quote really meant although it would have uh, been less poetic is children of codependent partners are orphans you know like yes that's true and this could mean people that are very jealous of one another controlling of one another frequently fighting or just like unable to be apart from one another because they have um emerged so completely so that's not good right however Oh, and the reason that that's not good, besides what I'm saying, another like reason is because let's say you give like 100% of your emotional involvement to your spouse, who's not getting it, your kids, friends, your job, like a lot of like real healthy areas of your life are not getting any focus. Now, however, let's contrast that with sexual monogamy. Within monogamy, you're not supposed to have any other partners. So like if you're polyamorous and you could just like stop listening to this, but you probably won't because I'm just so fascinated. Um, <laughs> uh, just kidding, because like it's probably too much effort to literally stop this and find another podcast. But anyhow, uh, if you're monogamous, you are sexually only supposed to be with one person. So um, that means that if you've decided that like you are going to take some of that energy away, that's like not a good thing. Your partner can only get their sexual needs met from you, unlike their emotional needs. Their emotional needs they can get from friends, family, your children, um, work, uh, whatever. But sexually, your partner and you have decided that you can only be with one another. Okay, that's nice. Many people make this decision. If you do that, though, then you have to understand that you are the sole entirety of that person's sex life. So it is really incumbent upon both partners in an ideal situation to understand that that means, in my mind, a healthy way to view that is because I am the only game in town, I want to be a good game here. You know, like I want, if if I want my partner to be monogamous, then don't I want to meet all of their needs? Isn't that only fair? I believe it is only fair. You know, if you are going to be monogamous, you are deciding that your sex life is your sex life alone. And there are no other people that are going to help you, uh, you know, self-actualize in that domain so what is and and physically as well by the way so massage is something that most people only get from their partner now you could pay for a massage but unless you got like infinity time and money you're not going to be going to massage envy every day and if you do you got a problem like you're probably not going to massage envy for a massage if you're going every day you're like addicted to one of the massagers (laughs) but like nobody does that you know so people will go maybe once a week at max or something but like if you want to be touched hugged kissed kissed in a real way not like how you kiss your kids um uh caressed if you want to take a shower with somebody if you want to do anything physical this got to be with your partner so what is that definitionally codependence right so obviously i'm using this term to be 
entertaining on some level like you don't want somebody who is like um so sexually codependent with you that they're like I need to hear every single sexual thought that you have during the day like I need to have your I need to have full access to your mind somehow to download it in some kind of black mirror way no a person can obviously have their own thoughts (laughs) you know what I speak about this in a podcast about is it uh, bad to sexually fantasize about somebody else no you're a human like you're gonna sexually fantasize about anybody that you want because you know you're allowed to have your own brain and this is totally normal and can in fact be an escape valve so that you don't actually cheat like and how could you even control it anyway like if you were uh, having sex with your husband and you're thinking about I haven't mentioned him in a while, but the UPS guy was my previous example, which is ironic because I don't even know who my UPS guy is. But like, let's say you are thinking about him, but then you're like, oh, shit, don't think about him. Don't think about him. Like, what kind of sex are you going to be having? Shitty, constrained, constricted sex because you're trying not to think of a white elephant. You know, that saying, don't think of a white elephant. So, of course, what are you thinking about? A white elephant. So your brain can go anywhere you want. That part's totally independent, but in terms of what you actually do physically and sexually, I believe that it is only right to try to be your partner's fantasy, whether that is physical or sexual or both. So physical, what I mean is like how I uh, repeatedly say that if men massage their wives more, they're going to get laid more. A lot of guys tell me this doesn't work. When you get their wife and couples counseling, you say, what kind of massage is he giving you? Well, let me tell you something. It is no massage of any sort of caliber that would lead to her being extremely excited. I'll tell you that much. She's like, Oh, you mean that thing that you do for like, you know, uh, 30 seconds to three minutes and then sigh and like ask why we're not having sex? Yeah, like not that. So if you want your partner to be like really deeply in love with you and to need you sexually, which they do within monogamy, they need you sexually because if it's not you, it's only their own hand. And that, as I've said many times is not positive for a monogamous relationship for partners to escape into a solo world of masturbation. If you have an amazing sex life and just so much extra libido that you also are masturbating during the day, (laughs) have fun, you know, but if your sex life is anything less than great, as I write in the title of an article, if your sex life is anything less than great, masturbation isn't helping anything because you are taking sexual desire that you don't even have, um, enough of really and then you're using it for yourself which is pretty fucking selfish right like I believe that's selfish if you didn't have enough food for your family would you like sit in a closet and gorge on it and then just say there's none left no and so then a lot of men are like oh but I do have enough leftover I could jerk off in the morning and have sex with her at night Yeah, listen, you know, (laughs) like men think a lot of things that are a little bit not exactly true. So while you may function fine, you may still be at the age where you can get a heart on at night. Also, your motivation level to woo and pursue your wife is going to be less than if you didn't jerk off in the morning because things are finite. You know, they're just not infinite, no matter how much anybody has fantasies about being immortal and uh, and all things nobody is all things so this is why I say like if the man stops 
Also, by the way, women hate usually to think of their husbands jerking off to porn. They just don't like it because why would they like it? And if they do it together, if they're both into porn, that's cool. But if they themselves feel in any way that their husband is detached and distant, which so many women feel, and then he's also jerking off to porn, it's like, man, what are you giving those women on the screen attention that you're not giving me? And so this is total, yeah, and also porn is very addictive. So there's a way to utilize porn and masturbation that is... um, as a a supplement to an already awesome sex life in which nothing is done really in secret and it's a shared uh, joy, but uh, so few people are doing it like that. You know, many people are doing it to basically as a drug, as a dopamine-releasing drug that allows them to escape from a marriage that isn't really that good and that isn't that sexually fulfilling. But what if they brought that energy wholly to the marriage, to the physical and sexual side of it? So if a man is not able, does not think of himself as having the escape of masturbation and porn, then is he going to bring his A-game more to his wife? And is he going to think about what her real fantasies are? And if she really is relaxed by his 30-second massage, and if she would in fact want him to look into her eyes and tell her that he loves her during sex, or if he wants her to, you know, uh, share more of her fantasies, maybe he could share some more of his that aren't just we do it in a different position or something that isn't going to resonate with her. Maybe dig deeper to find something that would be more intriguing. You know, so what I feel is that if couples really want to have the best sex life that they could have, they have to realize that they're utterly dependent on one another physically and sexually and then act accordingly. Act uh, in the way that you would knowing that somebody that you love is wholly dependent on you for this for this aspect of their life because they are. And that's monogamy. So if you don't like that side of monogamy, maybe you don't like monogamy. But you can't both say that you like monogamy and that you're cool with, like, for example, your husband never getting a blowjob again until the day he dies, even though you know he really likes them. Or that you're, you want monogamy, but you never really want to rub your wife's feet because you don't really like feet. Who cares you like feet? Who cares if you like blowjobs? You can learn to if you're coming from a place of I love my partner and I understand that in this domain we are everything to one another. And if you view it like that, it can actually be very romantic and a turn on, you know, to think that you are really the entirety of your partner's sexual world and that if you decide to do something new and different that they like or you decide to all of a sudden grow much more sexually uh, giving, then this will be transformative uh, uh, for them and make them like a million times happier. So even women that have low sex drive, uh, if the man, for example, decided in the, I'm continuing to use the massage one, but for some women it's like a back scratch or a scalp scratch or, or a, you know, a caressing of some sort, or foreplay, literally just foreplay. Talk to so many couples who like don't do any foreplay and the woman is like, we don't do any foreplay. And he's like, yeah, we do. I go down on you. These people did not listen to my oral sex on women podcast. Oral sex on a woman is not foreplay. Touching genitals is not foreplay. That's sex. That's sex. So by foreplay, we mean breast touching, arms, legs, kissing, all of these sorts of things. Massage ubiquitously, uh, etc. So anyway... The point of this podcast is you got to really own that if you are monogamous, sexual codependence is necessary. You deeply need one another for physical and sexual um, 
love as manifested by all of these various things. You aren't getting it anywhere else and nor should you if you are committed to being faithful to one another. And so what this means is that ask your partner what needs they have that aren't getting met and meet them with a full and loving and generous heart is really Oh, it would be really unusual for a woman not to feel better about doing other cool, crazy experimental things in bed with a man who just like tried to give her the foreplay that she wants for an hour, you know, and was open to feedback and, and didn't shut down with criticism as many men and women, less women, honestly. And I've, I've said this before because men pride a lot of their masculinity on being an excellent lover and women... That's kind of conflated with being a slut in a sense. It shouldn't be, but that's kind of how society looks at it. So you have more women who are open to feedback on things in bed than men because women don't pride themselves on I'm only a feminine woman if I know how to give an ace blowjob, you know? Like they think I'm only a feminine woman if, you know, I look great in my clothes or I look great out of my clothes or I'm sweet or I'm loving or I'm sexy in some other way. But you got more men whose masculinity is predicated on I know how to give a woman an orgasm and ironically, the more that a man feels like his masculinity is um, is dependent on this, the less likely he is to actually be good at it because women pick up on that. He can receive no feedback in this domain and therefore don't give him any. So then he continues to do the same um, perhaps useless stuff in bed always, which is not a good scene for any partner that he's with. So anyway, use this podcast episode to spark a discussion between you and your partner where you say we are both sexually dependent on one another fully and physically for our needs. What in an ideal world would I do differently or would we be doing more of? And let's start doing it because we are the only game in town for one another. And if we really commit to making our sex life like a, a respite for us and a haven in, in the world where we can retreat from all of our problems and just explore and enjoy one another and feel sexually and physically fulfilled, then our marriage can be at new heights of closeness, which will, of course, in a, in a large scale way, also make our uh, family happier, you know, as a unit and can have no downsides. So think about this or re- re-listen to it if you'd like with your partner and I will talk to everybody soon. I'd like to give you end on a pep talk note of the best sex life that you could possibly have is within your reach and it comes from a place of total generosity and being very giving physically and sexually. All right, have a great day everybody. Bye-bye.